Welcome to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley. A familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Hey everybody, it's Forbes Riley here at The Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness, and I love, love, love doing the show. It's my favorite hour of the week. All right, so what are we talking about today? You know, in the old days, there were studios. There were studios that made stars like Marilyn Monroe, and and they gave these, these glamorous publicity things. And I grew up watching all that. I grew up dreaming of being at the Oscars and wearing gowns. And when I finally got to Hollywood, I ended up hiring a couple of PR agents. And in the old days, pre-internet, yeah, people were alive back then. You would have to pay somebody five, five, my big number was $5,000 a month. And I got liked by some of the biggest agencies who also represented the Tom Cruises and the John Travolta's. And I got very little publicity. I got a lot of excuses. I got a lot of, hey, Forbes, we know we took your money. But, you know, we booked, so when we booked Julie Roberts and Sandra Bullock and there was no space for you and I, they would take my money every month and I could say that I was a client of theirs, but I didn't amount to much. And then one day I started to wake up a little bit broker and it dawned on me that, well, can you do some of this on your own? And you can, now that there's the internet, you can really figure it out, but it's still nice to have somebody who's really good at this. Well, my guest today is Miss Jill Lublin. I've known her forever. She is known as the publicity strategist. And I'm going to say that if you have a company, if you're online, if you breathe, you should have a publicity strategist. She's got a big challenge coming up, and I would like to welcome her to the stage, the one and only Miss Jill Lublin. How are you? Hey, hey, Forbes. I'm phenomenal. It's so good to be here with you. You remember the first time we met? I'm, I'm thinking, and it's it seems like forever. Like we've always known, I've always known you. Yeah. I think we met at an invention. Uh, you know, it's such a good question because it has been through many iterations and many places. Well, the thing that I've, I've watched about you too, is all the books that you've written and all the things that you've done. So I'm going to give you the stage to tell everybody a little bit about you, where you came from. And my audience is definitely a lot of entrepreneurs who are making their way up. Some people are wildly successful, but always want new great nuggets. And I know that today's show is going to be that. So the stage is yours. Oh, thank you so much. So um, first of all, it's just a, a delight to be here with you, a joy to serve your people, because I know you're always so amazing. So everyone around you is. And uh, I am a publicity person and have been for many years. I've served over 100,000 people to really help you get your message out, your contribution, your gift and use media as a tool to do that. I have written four books, as she mentioned, including Guerrilla Publicity and The Profit of Kindness. And to that end, I run Publicity Breakthrough Boot Camps and actually an, a Conscious Kindness Circle. And those are my two jams that I love very much. And, and really my joy is being a messenger of messengers. Oh, I love that, love that. So let me ask you a question. Give me a little bit of background of Ms. Jill. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, suburb of Detroit. You know, that's, I don't, you know, it's funny. I'm a New York, LA girl. What was it like growing up in Detroit? 
um, cold. It was too cold. <laughs> and I finally went, okay, I'm out of here. And I moved to California. Um, no, Detroit, you know, I always say it's a good place to be from. Good Midwestern values, good people. Um, just too darn cold for my taste, but definitely good people. And, you know, it's car town, car town. It was Motown. So there was like a lot of cool stuff happening with some pretty amazing people. I love that. I think that's kind of cool. And so why publicity for you? What did you want to be when you were little? Oh, uh, what did I want to be? Probably the, you know, the ongoing ballerina for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same dream, girl. And a teacher, interestingly enough, which I actually am. I'm a teacher. And I remember going down the basement. Yes, we had basements in Michigan to uh, protect from the tornadoes, by the way. And um, and my brother, Jack, Jack and Jill, you got that? Oh, gosh. Are you serious? I am serious. My, my brother, Jack, who's actually <laughs> mentally ill. Uh, and the reality is I kind of took over mothering and, and teaching him and um, and we used to go down and I would, I would literally play, what was it? School teacher, whatever it was. Right. And it, playing doctor, but yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we weren't playing doctor. We were playing school, <laughs> but you know, I, I really think it, it started then, you know, this desire to teach, to give, to, to transform people's lives, which is what teaching really does. I love that. And so then, so for me, my journey was, I started out as an actress, somehow ended up hosting TV shows and all of a sudden then became teaching how I did what I did. At what point did you, where did you go professionally initially? Um, initially, I actually went to law school and that was a mistake. And Join I, the club. There, I'm right there going, nah, I'm not going to read that much. I don't want to, I wanted to play a lawyer on TV ultimately. <laughs> you know, I always say, oh my gosh, you know, when I got sick five times that year, it was like, okay, I'm not supposed to do this. I got it. And um, I actually dropped out of law school, much to my father's chagrin. And he's like, well, what are you going to do now? And I'm like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And okay. he, he's like, you know, because I come from this actually really blue collar family. And I was the first one to go to college, not to mention grad school, like law school. And they were very excited. And, and he said to me, well, what's an entrepreneur and how do you spell it? <laughs> and the truth is none of us can ever spell it. It's the worst word in the entirely. <laughs> it's funny. But, but I certainly am uh, glad that I got on that journey. And I actually started that journey in uh, the music business. And I actually learned, uh, as I like to say, my guerrilla tactics in the music business, because I worked at a uh, actually four independent record labels and we didn't have a budget like my friends at the big guys, you know, I would go to these big music business conventions and they had $2 million budgets to make Tracy Chapman famous. And I'm like, give me $2 million. I'll make anyone famous. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And then. And so I learned really how to create excitement, visibility uh, through the music business. And it was really a great example for me. Um, and I ran the rock and roll museum. I worked for the biggest rock and roll promoter in the world, Bill Graham Presents. Um, so I did some really wonderful things. And then I, you know, hung up the shingle, as they say, and decided to be a publicity consultant. And then I started serving uh, really a much more expanded audience. And then my heart really went to the entrepreneur. And I've been serving entrepreneurs ever since. I got tapped to write my first book, Guerrilla Publicity. It's in its third edition. Yay! <laughs> and uh, that's super exciting. So I've been doing that and, and then created these affordable ways that people could really learn how to create publicity, which I now call a publicity breakthrough boot camp, and just make it really easy. 
Well, when I, I said that about about how much I paid for publicity, was that typical? Did you resonate with that? Oh, yeah. Listen, what I forgot to tell you in between there is I actually owned a PR agency. And many years ago, my fee was $5,000 a month. And six month retainer it was a $30,000 investment. And, you know, I gave a lot of hours. We booked a lot of press. And I thought there must be a better way to be able to equip entrepreneurs to get their publicity done. It's great for people who have that kind of budget. I just know that most entrepreneurs don't. So let's let's provide affordable tactics that are simple and easy to get done. Yeah, I remember those days. I I have a story. I hired Jerry Seinfeld's publicist and they wooed and schmooed and made me feel like a princess. That first month was just terrific. Just a lot of excuses. And it was weird. I'm like, it was $5,000 a month for a three month contract. And after the first month, I said, good, I, guys, I'm, I can't, I don't want to do this. She sued me for the other two months and didn't do any work. I was like, this is what's wrong with that business. Well, and we're not all like that. I promise. <laughs> I, know, I know you are, but I'm just going to share. These are my nightmares. So guerrilla publicity. Talk to me. What are the top couple of tips in terms of being doing it yourself? What do you recommend? Well, the first thing really is starting with a message. It all comes down to a message. And I'm talking about media message, right? Not your other kinds of messages. But when you get a a wonderful media interview, and they're really short. I mean, you got to come out pitching. you got to come out powerfully. you got to come out concise and precise. So I think it's really good to start with a a message that's really five-year-old language, that's easy and soundbitey. You're really the queen of the soundbites, love it too, right? And and gets people engaged with you. And so what you're really doing is solving a problem in the marketplace. And I think the mistake I'll just say most entrepreneurs make is that you're too focused on, here's what I do, you know? We wanna be focused on what does the, the media's audience need? And I remember when I wrote uh, Guerrilla Publicity, I was privileged to talk to lots of media, and one of whom was Entrepreneur Magazine. And she said, the editor, she said, please tell people what I care about is what my audience cares about, right? And so you got to think about what they're reading, what they're watching, and what they're listening to and speak to that, uh, meaning solve problems. The other thing is, I want to say that I think in today's market, super great tip is to focus on what's hot out there in the marketplace, you know? anxiety right now, mental health topics, money, you know, people losing their jobs. These are all hot topics. So if you're a coach or a consultant and you understand how to start a business, how to run a business, how to do a business, even if it's not like extreme, guess what? You could be in media talking about quiet quitting, the great resignation, all good topics, right? So what I always like to see is um, look at all that's happening in the media. And then the question is, how can you fit in? What can you talk about? And just jump in there, my friends, because it's really fun, actually, once you jump in that water, right? And, and you know, listen, here, here's what I like to say, Forbes, bottom line, everybody's got an opinion. You know, you can talk for like four minutes. I promise you. It's not that hard. Opinions are good. Oh, I talk for four hours. That's not even a question of that. The question, though, is I don't know if most people realize why they need media or why media will serve them. What do you say? If you want to get seen, get heard and get paid, you want media. What I've seen about about the power of publicity is its ability to really uh, magnetize you monetize you and multiply you. And that's exciting because it's an attraction factor that you don't have to do one-to-one. You reach many very, very quickly. And then on top of it, you're the trusted authority, 
there is a trust factor that you couldn't buy, I promise you. And people will see you as an authority. You're established, you're credible. And that's what brings you leads and prospects and money and clients. What I love about Jill, you're better than M&M. You're the three M's. (laughs) I am the three M's. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to say, I'm going to put myself out there right now. I don't think I get enough publicity. I don't. I don't put myself out there enough to do that. And so if you're an entrepreneur coming to you, and I have a class right now graduating called Next Level, and I built it around a thing called OPP, Other People's Platforms, how to get on other people's podcasts. One of my little media geniuses that I get asked to be on podcasts all the time. And because I've got great gifts or books, people be, you know, gravitated towards you. But there's more to it than that. So if an entrepreneur is coming to you, how do you develop a strategy for them? So the first thing I want to look at is getting people on podcasts. Number one, it's the easiest thing you can do. Um, I also like you taking control of your media. Do some Facebook lives, do Instagram lives, do LinkedIn lives. You know, in other words, utilize your flat platforms. If you like TikTok, go there. Whatever it is that you enjoy, go do it. Get visual, right? Because then people see your energy and they relate to you. And there's a lot around that. Um, and, and I think really sound bites are key that you notice when you said, so what does publicity do? I said, it gets you seen, it gets you heard, it gets you paid. Yep. So actually, one of my clients said that, Jill, you help me get seen, get heard and get paid. I'm like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I like it. And you know, here's what's interesting. If you listen to your clients and what other people say about you, you can then integrate that into what you speak. In other words, your sound bites. And you know, people will tell you the best stuff. They really will. I, I lo- absolutely love this. Uh, any pu- any publicity nightmare that you want to share with us? Somebody oh, will- okay. So <laughs> when I was in the music business, I had uh, I presented John Densmore from The Doors. Yeah. The Doors. And uh, and I was responsible responsible for a San Francisco tour hired by the Learning Annex, and uh, so he was doing a whole you know tour of of Northern California. And so I booked him at KFOG, a very big rock and roll radio station in San Francisco. And um, I remember, you know, tuning into the station. Now, usually I would be at the station with them. In this case, I didn't quite have to do that. And I'm thinking, well, that John Densmore is not on. It's nine o'clock. Where the heck is he? And I called the station. I called the producer and I said, "Um, where's John? And he said, we thought you said John Denver. I'm like, what? You want John Denver? I mean, I love John Denver, but you want John Denver instead of John Densmore, like from the doors, you're a rock and roll radio station. I didn't quite say that to him, but I was thinking it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then the hardest thing I had to do was call a major rock and roll dude at nine o'clock in the morning who doesn't want to get up anyway to do media. You know, it's not their best time of day and say, you know, I'm so sorry, but they thought I said, you know, whatever it was. Nowadays, you just say the the station got COVID, they can't show up. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) It was a, it was, it was a tough go, but you know, not the worst thing. I mean, you know, there are bigger fish to fry. I think that's funny. Now your book about kindness, where did that come from? It came from my 85-year-old friend who I have been, shall we say, a good friend to in her aging journey. And one day I'm, I'm doing something for her, I think taking her to a doctor's appointment in my busy life, by the way. And I, she looked at me and she said, I wish we were, you know, we had a new currency. She said, the currency of kindness. And I'm like, ding, 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 that's it. You know, when you hear that one of those 
one of those great book titles, and that became The Prophet of Kindness, and I knew it was meant to be because my publisher got it out in nine months. That is like record time, record time. All my other books, 18 to 24 months. So I knew that this one was hot, important, and the truth is I was on seven Fox TV stations literally in the first 30 days. I mean, because we pushed the right buttons. You remember I said you got to find the right path, right? So it's not like, ooh, Jill's got a book on kindness, and that's the story, even though I think it's the story. My mama thinks it's the story, but that's not the story, my friends. It's never about you. And so what... The, the button I pushed that was the yes from major Fox News, from Inc. Magazine and Forbes Magazine. Forbes Magazine. Um, yeah, you got your own magazine, Forbes. I do. You know, my parents could have named me Playboy or Glamour. They didn't. <laughs> and, you know, the, the button, the magic button that worked was the divided states of America. That was it. And how we need more kindness. Oh, I and like that. That's what I was talking about on Fox News. And, yeah, they got to the book. That was last. Now, they say there's no such thing as bad publicity. Do you agree? You know, I, here's, I'm mixed about it because I think, honestly, for most entrepreneurs out there who are listening, the truth is the media is going to be good for you, good for you and good to you. They don't want you to fall on your face. They really don't. So, however, I would tell you um, the public's memory is also short. So even if something screws up or, you know, I, I'm not overly concerned about quote unquote bad publicity. All the people I've ever supported and, and uh, in my masterminds, none of them have ever gotten bad publicity, even if they had a little flub or a little something, you know, something, something that happened. So I am just not concerned about it. In fact, I actually think for, especially for entrepreneurs, it could actually be a way in, you know, it was interesting. I got called by ABC TV in Dallas when Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's changed their names. Mm. And they're like, well, what do you think about this? Now, you know, frankly, I hadn't even read the story, but Google is a beautiful thing. My friends, Google is a beautiful thing. And I read the story and I formed an opinion. And then funny enough, the grandson came out and said, why are they changing Aunt Jemima's name? And they started a whole thing about that. So here's the truth about media. It's a lot of opinion. And I say to all of you, you got an opinion. Let's, Let's speak it. You know, and sometimes being confrontive or being opposite, you know, polar view is actually really powerful to get yourself in there. I'm liking this. How do people level up their publicity? What do you think? So I've got a message. I've got some sound bites. What do I do next? I would tell you, um, I think starting local is very powerful because you want to build celebrity in your own backyard. And the wonderful thing about your own backyard is that CBS, ABC, NBC, guess what? Their feeds nationwide and also on the big shows, they're looking at all the local news. They are. They are producers who their only job is scan the local news. That includes newspapers. That includes the TV stations in particular. And they pick up interesting stories. Um, So that's something good to start in your own backyard. It also helps you get your sound bites going. It's often easier um, because in your own backyard, they want experts who are, you know, who can be local. Um, So I like that. And then I would target very specifically, like, you know, if you are a business consultant, let's go after business editors, small business editors, small business podcasts. And, And so I think that really helps. The other thing I want you all to do is put your names in Google and and get Google alerts. 
not only your name, but then like, okay, I put in the word kindness when the prophet of kindness came out. Yeah. Guess what I found out? November 13th is World Kindness Day. I had no idea until I even wrote the book, right? World Kindness Day. All right, now I'm doing, uh, now I do a World Kindness Summit. I've got this monthly kindness circle. And, you know, we're rocking and rolling with, with lots of good people in the community. However, I didn't know that. And now I'm able to, you know, shall I say, go after media. The other thing I want you to do is look at yourselves like a publicity garden. And so you got to plant seeds so that your beautiful garden keeps growing and your message evolves and your publicity evolves as you evolve. Every single book I have has a new message, my friends. What makes a good press kit? What makes a good press kit? I would tell you, um, honestly, a good press release, a great photo and a good hook. And you don't have to have a fancy press kit anymore. Those days are gone. It really comes down to a good pitch. That's it. And so I don't, I, I'm not a big believer. I mean, listen, if you have a product, they might, they're probably going to want to see your product. Uh, if you have a book, they might want to see your book. There's many interviews I've been on. They've never even seen my book, nor have they read it. <laughs> no, I don't expect anyone to read it. That's why they say you need to judge, you can't judge a book by its cover. Wrong answer. You only get to judge a book by its cover. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Most people who buy our books, you know, here's what they read. The front cover, the back cover, the table of contents, and maybe a skim on the first chapter. But hey, listen, my friends, don't, who cares, right? What happens is they're buying your books and, and your products and your services. And that's the power of getting in media. It's going to give you that exposure that you need, frankly, and want. How important and what suggestions? I just taught a training on how to utilize social media from my perspective as a pitch expert. What's your take on how we utilize social media? Well, I think the problem, Forbes, is that people rely on it for publicity. Oh, I'm doing my publicity. I've got social media. Can I just tell you, it's a flash in the pan and you'll be lucky if somebody sees your post. And I think, listen, I think it's important. I do. Um, And don't have it take the place of publicity, meaning, uh, you know, I see publicity as podcasts and blogs and and I'm very comprehensive in it. Um, And it is publicity that even you create, like we talked about earlier But I'm just saying, have your message be consistent in social media. And that ties into your, um, the message we were talking about earlier. And, and don't rely on it to be only the thing you do. Now you have a challenge coming up. Talk to me about that. Oh, I'm so excited. I have a publicity challenge coming up and that is the opportunity to one hour a day, like no kidding, let's roll up our sleeves and do some publicity that's going to be effective for you um, and and practical. I'm always practical. So I promise you in my publicity challenge, we're going to get stuff done, my friends, and learn how to play this game because it's a game. You got to play it and you got to play it right. So I'm going to give you the right ways, the systems and some great ways and, and real ways to get started quickly. Now, when does that start? It's in June. Um, and Ooh, it's, okay. Yeah, and I can, uh, should I just give them the link? and we'll Yeah, post- absolutely. Is it a link that we're connected to? So how do people know if they came through here? Oh, um, okay, great. So it's at jilllublin.com slash challenge. And uh, then we can we can connect all the rest of it. it. Would be great. I love that. I'm happy I'm happy to promote that. In fact, it ties in really well. And you should, I, and I should have an off, off conversation about how my amazing people can be a part of this because- that's one of the next steps that they all need. 
I love that you've sent me a lot of people in terms of pitching and I keep sending you people in terms of publicity. Hello, can you say JV relationship? Yes. All right, we're coming down to the end of this segment. What's, um, what's something you want my peeps to know about you? And I'll give you the full screen to do it. Oh, boy. Well, first of all, I got to get my pretty wand out here because I believe that each one of you are a star and you can be the kind of star that you are comfortable being. But we want to escalate your star, my friends, escalate it, see, and get yourself seen, heard and paid because here's the thing, your message matters. Let's go. Let's get it out with publicity and play the game in the right way with great tactics that work. I love that. That is such a beautiful message. And on a crazy personal note, I think we're down to two minutes. Somebody is getting married. Yes. What's going on there? Oh, that would be me. And I am getting married in the morning on Sunday morning. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, just as they say, get me to the church on time. But it's, How did it's, you meet him? Oh, my gosh. Through a dear friend, literally 27 years ago. Yes. I figure I've known him long enough. I think it's about time. Oh, I think that's beautiful. What color dress are you wearing? It's gorgeous. It's champagne. It's like a it's a gorgeous wedding dress. Um, and uh, and I'm so excited. I'm not doing a veil. I'm doing a crown because I want to be queen for the day. Oh, and- I love that idea. Yeah, the crown makes total sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so proud of you for doing that. Any Thank advice you. to women finding love in a second part of their life? Hmm. I think, you know, always being open to love, you know, let's look at, uh, let's look at creating more love here and, and putting it outwards and then practicing a conscious act of kindness every single day. It's going to help. Oh, I love that. Where's the best place for them to find you, even if they're not going to take the challenge? Uh, JillLublin.com is terrific. And you will see that in the notes. In the, in, in, guys, if you're watching Forbes Factor, you know that it plays live. Uh, every Wednesday on the Variety Channel on Voice America. But we're also forever on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, you name it, you like it. Go to your favorite place to watch and listen to this. And of course, my Facebook Live. Jill, I got to give you a big hug. We need to connect a little bit more. I feel like I'm missing out by not hanging out with you. So this has been a delightful time. Thank you, thank you. We're gonna take a quick break and come right back after this message. Don't go away. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Forbes Factor. This is a very special edition. We just spent some time with Jill Lublin, master publicist, and I cannot express to you how important understanding publicity is getting to that that level. And to that end, you know, Jill and I have worked together for years. I'm specialist when it comes to branding and pitch. She's a specialist getting what I do out to the world. So uh, if you are ever wanting to go to your next level, I have a training coming up in September that will blow your mind, wildly affordable, unbelievably interactive, and it's all the secrets that I use to get me to where I am brand-wise, okay? It's called www. Forbes Riley's with an S, next level. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you are. This training comes with six handbooks. It comes with 12 weeks and two coaches, very hands-on and 100% satisfaction. I have all those testimonials, 100% satisfaction of everyone who's gone through this. I'm so pleased and proud of that. So what I get very often though, is I get questions. Forbes, how do you do this? How do you do that? So I thought I would take a couple of minutes here. And if you want to submit a question, it's easy. You can go right on Facebook. I have a free group called Forbes Riley's Millionaire Maker Inner Circle. I highly suggest that you check that out. And when you're there, one of the first things I ask is, do you have a question for me? Some people go, I don't know who you are. And I say, really? Go to YouTube. I'm all over YouTube. I've been doing videos for 15 years. But I pulled up some of my key questions. And rather than do them one at a time, I would love to share them with you guys if that's okay. So I'm, I'm live right now on my Facebook channel. I got a whole bunch of people watching. That's just so cool. And if you are, ask a question live. But let me go down a list of some that I thought were priorities that people ask me over and over again. The first one was, Forbes, how do I pitch my product? <laughs> well, guys, here's the secret about pitching. Stop pitching your product. It's not about your product. Nobody needs your product, even though you think they do. Well, you need this new, you need this new tortilla chip. You need this new pen. You need these new glasses. No, you don't. Guys, I've sold two and a half billion dollars worth of product. I never tell somebody what they need. The secret to my success, I get them to want what I have. How do you do that? Well, I teach that every Sunday in a crazy training called Pitch Secrets Master Class. For example, if I'm holding a chip, I don't say, you need a chip. I say, you know what? Pass me that guacamole. Well, are you eating the guacamole? When you eat guacamole or hummus, do you, what do you use? Well, I tell you what, I love chips, but chips don't love me. Most are full of carbs and oil. And so I have, I mean, if that is important to you, if you would love the crunch of a chip, but you want a baked chip with very low salt, no sugar, and oh, it's made out of cauliflower. It's not even corn. This, this is a spectacular way to get your vegetables and have it crunch like a potato chip. Just asking. Well, um, all right, but you're thinking now, I want a chip. Where do I get? I got I to gotta wash that down with something. Don't go away. When you're on radio, you can't even see what I'm doing, but I just ate my chip. I don't know if that was a good idea. Same thing with whatever it is that I've got. The secret is understanding what other people want. Well, how do you do that? In my training, and by the way, the training I invited you to on Sunday costs a whopping $19. I know I spent two hours with you live on Zoom. It's insanely interactive. And I designed it that way 
It's $19, Pitch Secrets Masterclass. And what I will show you is how you are saying words that you don't realize, and you are so excited about what you're doing that you're pushing too hard. And when you push hard, you push people away. And for me personally, when I see a good product or a great person and they have a bad pitch, my heart just breaks. Oh, it's so frustrating to see that. And you pitch all the time, but you don't know it. You pitch, honey, could you massage my neck? That's a pitch. If he says, yes, good for you. Will you please marry me? That's a pitch. Can I get an upgrade on this hotel room? Can I get some more sauce with that? That's a pitch. You're asking somebody to do something for you that they weren't thinking about doing before. Oh, pitching isn't about selling a product. Pitching is about exciting. Write this down. Get a pen if you don't have one. The three E's. Excite somebody. Do you hear the excitement in my voice? I take pitches every day as a professional. I'm on a couple of TV shows about pitching. I'm bored. Well, I've got this brought. Don't bore. Don't bore. Don't be boring. Be exciting. Love what you do. Be passionate. That's a key to life. Second one is be engaging. Do you have a sense that I'm talking to you right now? No, I literally, like you could move over a little bit. I could squeeze right in there. We could have lunch because I am talking to you. I spend a lot of time talking to a TV camera. And so for me, it's my best friend. I can see you. I see you sitting in your car or you're at your desk. Maybe one of you is on a couch, sitting in bed, wherever you're listening to me right now with your headphones on. I see you. And I know that because I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. I'm not talking to an entire audience. You want to be engaging with someone. Think about who you enjoy listening to. They make you feel very special, like you're being heard, like, oh, I'm solving that person's problem. And then you get the opportunity to enroll them. Hey, by the way, if you like what I'm up to, come join me. Yeah, you want to know more about Forbes Rally? Go to ForbesRally.com. Yeah. And it's that simple. The reason you don't like being sold or pitching is the people doing it are not thinking about you. You're a number. Hey, come on. I know you want this little car, little lady. You look great in that car. You're being sold. It's fake. It's phony. I don't enjoy that. And in the year 2023 or 2024, wherever you listen to this, or 2048, authenticity is the new currency. It really is the difference between you getting ahead in life and not. Because you need to care. You need to think about people. And if you're not, you're just plastic and phony, and people can smell that so far away. So that is one of the secrets of pitching. And then come play with me. I still teach live. I love teaching live. And while I'm doing it, I would take advantage of that. Just saying, guys, to be clear, I've sold two and a half billion dollars worth of product in my career. 28 years on home shopping, infomercials, I've done a lot of this. And products that I didn't even know sometimes. I just, I haven't, sorry, well, I have an instinct, I have a knack for, for doing this. I've done it really well. And over the last few years, I've managed to teach it, which is the most interesting thing ever. Can I let you in on a little secret? Would that be okay? But you can't tell anybody else. I'm going to get a quick sip of water here. I did not want to teach this. I did not want to give away my superpower. I loved my superpower. But here's what happened for me. In the 80s and 90s, I was the top female infomercial host. I could sell anything. I was selling. I mean, I was printing money. It was crazy time. And then one day in Hollywood, Hollywood is very unforgiving. If you get too old, you notice certain stars that you love growing up are no longer acting or, you know, especially if you're a woman, you're old in Hollywood, you're out. Well, I went one day to my infomercial agent and I gave him a contract. I had found this this client. It was a $100,000 contract for two days work. I told you I was printing money. And he said, great. Two days later, he calls me. He says, hey, Forbes, I got some good news and some bad news. Okay, give me the good news first. He said, well, 
they love you. I'm like, of course they love me. I'm amazing. The bad news is they love you, but they want a younger, less expensive version of you. Huh? And I found it for them. Oh, but the good news is they want you to teach her how to pitch. And my little ego had just been beaten up and bruised. I'd already been rejected a lot in Hollywood. That's the joy of being an actress. You're rejected because you're too skinny, too short, too tall, too fat, too thin. You look like somebody's mother. You're rejected for stupid things. And if you're like me and you're very empathetic, you take it personally. Yeah, I had a very fragile ego. It got bruised a lot. And I said, well, after I told him where he could take my contract and what dark part of his body he could put it into, I don't think I said that because I'm kind of shy, but I thought it. I said, I'm never teaching this again. I'm never teaching this at all. What I'm printing money. I'm not going to show anyone how to do this. I'm going to be very selfish and keep it to myself. And I did for about 15 years. I'm not going to teach this. And then one day my daughter came to me and said, mom, you know, you're slowing down a little bit in terms of work. COVID was happening. Nobody was really on TV, not in my world. She said, why don't you teach what you know? And I was like, "Mm, no, I can't. I'm just genius. And she looked at me and said, mom, you are genius, but I've watched you. You have a formula. You do some of the same things over and over again. You really could teach that and have much more of a legacy in your life than you just making money. You could make other people money. And I thought about it. And she's a very smart kid. I said, okay. And she and I sat down and we wrote a whole curriculum about what I teach, what formula I use. And she was right. I did not realize that I would do the same thing over and over and over again. I have an approach that is about relatability. I think a thing called springboard stories, assumptions. And all of a sudden I started unpacking that anybody, if you train with me, can pitch. It doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't even, and by the way, this is the crazy part of this. You don't need a product. Oh my gosh. For the first 30 years of my career, I didn't have a product. I pitched other people's products. They came to me and I pitched it from fitness to beauty, to skincare, to hair. I pitched it. It didn't matter because I was not invested in the product. I could pitch it. And when I put all those pieces together, I opened a company to teach other people to pitch. And I will tell you, it's been insanely successful. It is a skill that every person needs. Oh, uh oh, every person wants. (laughs) See, when you get excited, you use that word. Not a good word. I'll give you a couple. Anybody want a couple of tips on what it makes to be a good pitcher? Okay. In fact, that is one of my questions on my list. One of them is stop telling people that they need something. And I will tell you, it's harder than you imagined. Well, but they, you know, they need this. I got this great new vitamin everybody needs. Well, if you can show them how they want it and not even mention the product, you'd be surprised how people lean in. And when you finally show your product, They are primed to go, okay, I want that. Think about it. You go to the grocery store, right? You're going to, you'll find food, all out of choices. You go to the checkout girl. Does the checkout girl ever say to you, well, you know, you should have gotten, there's a better salsa over in that aisle that's a little bit more spicy. Or I don't know if you want that size milk. You want mine a bigger milk. She's not selling you anything, but you are giving her money. Oh, that's interesting. You bought what you wanted. Nobody twisted your arm. And you gave somebody else money for it. And you didn't have to negotiate or say, oh, I think that's too expensive. No, you put it on the counter. You looked at your bill and you paid for it. You hardly ever talk to the checkout girl or boy or anyone, right? That's how your business should be. 
People want what you have and they will give you their credit card because they want it. And that little difference that you may be thinking, well, I don't know how to do that. WWW Pitch Secrets Masterclass on Sunday. I do know how to do that. And I have perfected a system to get you to do it. And if you do it for other people's products, like I did, you don't have any inventory. You don't have any manufacturing. You don't have any confusion. I would sell a product. I go, and I'm not a salesperson. That's, I mean, I don't work for a company. Find a product that you like, especially in today's day and age, and be an affiliate. One of my students, an affiliate, promoted somebody's speaking event. The guy was pretty famous, like a Tony Robbins kind of guy. And every time one of his friends bought the Tony Robbins kind of product, he got paid. He earned $100,000 in a week promoting somebody else's product by using his pitching technique. Now, hopefully that resonates with you. And most of you, I know, I'm a life coach. I'm a massage therapist. I have this book. That's fine. The problem is if you don't spend time practicing pitching, you're going to be a broke life coach, massage therapist. How do I get leads? How do I get money? I've coached. I, you know who I teach to pitch? Doctors and lawyers. I know. And therapists. Because they went to school for their craft. They're, hopefully they're a good doctor, lawyer, and therapist. But they're probably not a very good accountant. Now, I know a lot of them that are good with their taxes, and they're certainly not very good at pitching what they do. Hmm. I know it's a very interesting thing to be thinking about, but the biggest secret to, to pitching is practice and having a coach who can listen to you when you get it wrong. That's a really, really important thing to note is that you will say things that you don't even realize you're saying. One of the things that I encourage all my students not to say is something I hear every day. Can you guess what it is? It's three words. Actually, basically, and the word try. Well, actually, like I basically went to hear, what? If you hear the word actually run, it means the person's lying to you. They don't even believe it. I'm actually on television or I work on TV. Why do you use the word actually? Think about it. Well, basically, it's like this. No, it's just like this. So we use these crazy filler words. And my big one is the word try. I'm trying. I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to teach you. You're not trying. You failed. You either succeeded or you failed. And the coolest thing that you can learn as an adult and an entrepreneur is that when you fail, own it, grab the life lesson, run fast, and don't do that again. But if you never observe what you did wrong, you never really, really ever get it right. Hmm. I know. Yoda said it first. No try, just do. Don't think that was a great Yoda, but you know what I'm talking about, right? All right, let me find another. Um, how do I become a successful public speaker? One, come to grips with the fact that public speaking is the third biggest fear humans have. I don't know why. And I, well, I do know why. I know why because we really have a fear of judgment, of success, of failure. Let's unpack those three since you got your pen and paper out, right? Which one of those is your biggest one? Fear of success, fear of failure, fear of judgment. Think about it. I have a terrible fear of failure. Oh, you don't. You failed a lot in your life. Don't kid yourself. Fear is just your excuse to keep you playing small. Well, I have a fear of success. Then guess what? You won't find any. I have a fear of judgment. Why do you care? Get old enough that you just don't care anymore and will make the biggest difference in your life. So why does that keep you from getting on stage? Because you're busy in your head. 
And I will tell you, when I first started public speaking, and I do a lot of it now, I've spoken on stage in front of 10,000 people, and I lived through it, and I had a blast. The big fear I had was that I didn't have anything to say. The crazy thing is you now can't shut me up. Isn't that funny? Yes. So public speaking. My first suggestion is figure out what your message is. Who do you enjoy talking to? Why are you doing it? And then maybe go take a class because there's some skills that you may not know about how to stand on stage, about how to be engaging. So there's no fear of public speaking. I talked a girl off a cliff today. I'm a raging introvert is what she said to me. First of all, I think raging and introvert don't go together. And then she said, well, no, no, I, people, people fight for their mediocrity. If you fight me for your mediocrity, I'll give it back to you. Keep your mediocrity. You want to keep playing small? Good for you. You want to play bigger? Come to me and listen. Listen, learn, and surrender. Because I'm going to tell you that you are more and better than you realized. I'm not your mother. I'm not your babysitter, your teacher who picked on you. I had one girl the other day in her 50s. She's still sad that her second grade teacher when she was seven years old had her stand up in front of the class, made fun of her, and I think she peed her pants. And all of a sudden, she can't function. 40 years, I'm like, what did you have for dinner that day? She's like, I don't even remember. Of course you don't remember, but you remembered a second grade teacher who made your life miserable and you're still thinking about it. Let it go. So with my introvert, I said, what is, what is the definition of an introvert? She said, well, I like to be quiet. I like to read books. I like to spend time alone and be creative. I said, that's the definition of an amazing person. If you ask me, why did you label that introvert? And we walked through this process where she started to reveal that she's not. And that label of her doing that kept her playing small all her life. What a waste of a life. Let's stop labeling ourselves and putting ourselves down. And the worst thing that I hear, I'm my own worst enemy. Well, then get out of the way. Because I'll tell you, if you're your own worst enemy, your life is doomed. Cannot you look in the mirror and go, I love you. Girl, you're amazing. You are beautiful. You are sexy. You're fantastic. You are worth it. And you know why you want to do that in the mirror? Because if you do it and you hear what you said, you don't spend the whole rest of the day waiting for somebody else to compliment you. Doesn't that make sense? If you can't compliment yourself, if you can't say, girl, you look good today. Yeah, you're pretty. You're wonderful. By the way, none of us are that pretty. None of us are ever getting younger. None of us are perfect. Can you just say I'm enough? This is it. This is what I get. If I want to be thinner, go to the gym. If I want better hair, go to a different hairdresser. But stop looking at yourself and finding all the things that are wrong. Because there's a lot of people in this world who don't have it nearly as good as you, and you know that. You take for granted so much. And it's almost a shame. And I hear this a lot when I teach and I preach and I love on people. But let's stop playing small. Can we just make that agreement? What a great life it would be if we all just loved each other. Not to the point of being conceited and wacko, but it's like, ah, you know, I'm all right. And I'm here to help you. Not even focused on me. Get out of your own way. All right. Uh, this is interesting. What advice would you give to a 54-year-old who is now having to start life again after my marriage broke down? I have many talents, but I don't know which one to harness. You know what I do? When people tell me they get divorced, congratulations, congratulations. You do that when people get married, right? You send them gifts and, oh, they're getting married. This big party. We spend thousands of dollars. We get divorced. We used to hide it. I don't want to let people know because they're going to think about me differently. Baloney. Let's give people who get divorced gifts. 
yeah, they lost their house. Give them a toaster. Give them a set of dishes. We only seem to do that when you're married. I like the, let's have a divorce party. Because if you don't, you don't get to celebrate the years that you spent with that person. It may have been the wrong person, but you can't negate that part of your life. If it was absolutely freaking horrible, take the lessons you learned and make the best of your life the rest of your life. Or the rest of your life the best of your life. So now you're free, free to go do things differently. If you lament and get stuck in that, oh my God, what a waste. Don't let the negativity win. Find the life lesson and move on and make a list of what makes you happy. And to that end, to that woman who was Joanne who said that to me, play my what do you want game. Sit with a friend of yours and say, look, I would like you to play this game with me. Put seven minutes on the clock and I want you to ask me relentlessly, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And you get to answer one one sentence at a time. It'll change your life. What do you want? I want financial freedom. What do you want? I want to be successful. What does that mean? What do you want? I want to not have to work every day. What do you want? I want to sit on a beach in Brazil. What do you want? I want to be respected. The more you do that game, the more your life will change because you're going to start to unpack what you want. It's kind of a funny thing or what makes you happy. And I played that game many times. And once when I was a young actress, I played it as an acting exercise and something came out of my mouth very unexpectedly. I said, I want every day for someone to tell me that I inspired them. And then I had a look around going, well, who said that? Because I didn't think that's what I wanted back then. I wanted an Oscar. I wanted to kiss George Clooney. I wanted to be a romantic actress. I wanted to teach. I wanted all the things that I wanted. But when I said that, I had a moment of reflection and I thought, what does that even mean to have somebody tell you that you inspired them? And then I went on a coaching journey. I went on this this path to help other people with the skills that I developed over the years get what they wanted. And I'm the happiest I've ever been. Who knew? And I get testimonials every day, every day. I had a class this morning. I had a whole room full of people tell me that I impacted their lives. I don't know that it gets better than that. You know, it's nice to make money. It's nice to be famous, but it's really nice to know that you have a legacy because you touched other people. You influenced their lives. You made their journey better. So I love that part of my life. The what do you want game is powerful and I highly, highly recommend it. All right. Another question here. Um, How do you overcome fear of talking to people? I guess you could start talking to trees, start talking to dogs. Yeah, you don't get very far that way. When that person, that was Samanda, I would unpack what the, again, this word fear. Are you afraid of rejection? Do people make fun of you? And I'm going to tell you, almost all of you, it goes back to some childhood memory that you were in front of somebody and they laughed at you or they embarrassed you and you kept holding on to that. You know, as an actress, my first public speaking, it was a long time ago. So, well, when you stand on stage, imagine the audience is in their underwear. I can't do that. I just, I would, I just go, I giggle. I can't, I want to see you in your underwear. But I do, having spoken in front of enough people or two people, realize that we are all the same. We all want love, respect, want to be heard. Some people are not very nice. You know why? Because they weren't treated nice when they were younger. I get it. I would write this one down. I believe with every fiber of my being that everybody does the very best they can 
at that moment. Oh, I've got a lot of traumatic healing because of that. If you walk past a guy on the street and he's sitting on the curb and he's drunk and he's out of his mind, that's the very best he can do at that moment. Maybe he was a war veteran. Maybe he saw things that nobody should see. Maybe he drinks to, to numb the pain. If he could do better, he would be. Okay. If your dad came home when he was drunk and he beat you and he was a horrible guy, that's sadly the very best he can do at that moment. Maybe you wanted to unpack. And it doesn't matter why. If you're not in a good situation, leave that situation. Hey, guys, I only got two minutes left to the end of this show. It's been beautiful. We started out with Jill Lublin talking about how to get press, PR, get your message out in the media. I highly suggest that you take her challenge. That information will be on my site. You'll be able to find it on social media. I'm going to invite all of my students to come do her challenge because getting publicity is definitely fun. And it's an amazing way to get your message out there, to get clients, to promote leads, and ultimately make more money and have more fun. As far as me, I unpack the idea that you could ask me questions. I'm very transparent. I love my life at this moment. I've gone through a lot to get here. So I'll just leave you with this. If you focus on that life happens for you, not to you, then all the good and all the bad start to make a lot more sense. We've all been through trials and tribulations. Life is not easy for anyone. Don't kid yourself. I don't care how much money you have or how beautiful you are. Life is life. It has ups and downs and challenges and frustrations. Don't think, why does this happen to me? It happens to everybody. And here's the thing. I'm not very religious about this fact. I don't know if you come back in another life, but I'm just going to leave you with this, that if we only live once, if you do it right, once is enough. And so my thought for you is to go out and make it a great one. Give more than you get, and I promise you're going to get more than you ever imagined. My name is Forbes Riley. Forbes as in the magazine. Riley is in the good life. You're listening to the Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness. In today's episode, we got all three. Go out, make it a next one, a good one, and I'll see you guys again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you again soon.